Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Michael Grothy. He's sitting over there. He's looking at us. He's giving us the spooky eye. This is, uh, Ben's not here. This isn't Ben. This is a you guys have an seen imposter. A, you guys have seen a musical chairs of guests on this show recently, yeah. and uh, we're all here. We're back with a real, the real, the A, the A squad, A squad, varsity well, team. We're back. This is Ben Bateman. I don't know if you guys didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, what it is is that you know what we're trying to do is commit to you guys to try and make sure that we're releasing content regularly, and to do that, we're going to need to be bringing on guest hosts, and there may be times in the world where there are two guest hosts, but uh, normally it'll just be one and together, or one of us and some other person. For instance, it looks like, based on scheduling, that this episode is our part one of our two-part uh, return, to, return to Return to Ravnica, Guilds of Ravnica. Guilds of Ravnica. Um, and uh, we're going to do the part one with the two of us, but then probably the next next week, the second episode, will have me and Michael. So We're going to try our say hi, Michael to make it work. He's here. Michael's here. So, uh, a lot of things have been going on. Let's uh, let's take a quick second to catch everybody up on the on the things that have been happening in the world of Alex and Ben. I'm married. You're married. Look at that. Look at that you, ring. You got a ring on your hand. Yeah, that's exciting. I liked it, and then she put a ring on it. Yeah, nice. It's a pretty ring. Thank you. It's just it's white gold. It's classy and it was, elegant. Can you explain the, to me what white gold is? People say that, and it sounds like really cool, like like white chocolate. When I was growing up, it's like, oh, it's different. It's just what it's is white gold? Gold that is silvery looking. Is white gold just what you call yourself? That is, yeah, that <laughs> would be weird. Uh, no, but it's it's the least expensive possible ring that uh, from the people that we bought our rings from because the chances of me losing this within the next 365 days is high. So wait, why is it that the case? And I don't know. So you get a cheap ring in case you lose it? That's a thing people do, or just an Alex Kessler thing? That's an Alex Kessler thing. Aha, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like the other ones that are cool, like there's there's titanium rings, but they like there's surgical issues because not every hospital has the equipment needed to be able to cut. A titanium ring, so they're very durable, and and if you lose them, they're not that expensive, but uh, they can like permanently ruin your finger. So Alex is married. Um, I've been manning the ship back here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good ship. So here are the things. Here are the big highlights. Because guys, quick quickly, today is the set review for Guilds of Ravnica. Alex mentioned we have a lot of Guilds of Ravnica cards to talk about. It's a long episode. Uh, we are going to try to cover as many of the relevant cards as possible, and we've talked loosely about some of them already. But there's a lot of cool ones to talk about. Uh, Battle Boss is funded. I mean, I know I think it happened since you were here last. No, uh, I was also gone. So I got married. Yeah. Then I we went on our honeymoony thing, and yeah. then during that period, Battle Boss is funded. So the Kickstarter. Happened. Yeah. So, so, so you for all those people, thanks it. everyone for participating, donating, sharing, liking all the things that you guys did. Uh, without the Masters of Modern fans, it definitely wouldn't have happened. So we definitely appreciate it. Um, and super exciting. You will be able to say if you missed it, uh, there will be a thing called a backer kit, which is a after the Kickstarter, there we kind of open up a store that lets people that backed it kind of put in the information they need to be able to get it or if they want specific things. And then also allows people that didn't have a chance to jump on board to jump on board. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, it's quite the wild ride talking about battle bosses in the first place, testing it here in the office for a year and a half or something like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. to actually showing people at Gen Con and demoing it at Magic conventions, and then now the game 
is going to be in your hands within a year. You're going to, it's actually going to be out there. We'll have physical copies that are in production. It'll be yep. very, very cool. We can play with people. So uh, thanks to everybody. It's been a, a total blast. Um, without further ado, we will do more shout-outs later. Let's get into the episode. There's a lot to talk about, and I think it's, uh, it's a fun episode. So I guess, I guess uh, the first thing, and I know you and Ruben did some of this, so if we're being repetitive, Ben, please tell me. But uh, I, I wanted to start saying, how do you feel about each of the guilds? And which ones are you most excited about? Which ones do you think kind of didn't do what you wanted to do with them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah, so one of the big things I've said a lot recently is that I do think, and I know I said this on an episode you were here for, I think that Ravnica as a set is the best identity of every two-color combination. Um, so it's, it's the best representation that Wizards of the Coast is able to give us because they like to vary it up, right? If, like, if is it's going to be is it here, they don't want blue-red cards in another guild to necessarily feel like is it. They want it to feel like blue-red, but not specifically is it. Sure. And I think because they, they succeeded so well with that initial Ravnica set, when they go back here to Ravnica, they are able to do the best job. Well, I think I think it's evolved that way because I know when the first set out, you know, they were they were in a position where the standard environment of the year before that for blue white, for instance, was too controlly to the point where it was unfun because of Kamigawa block and gifts ungiven. So they like had to make sure that blue white in Ravnica in the first set was not. Um, was like a different play style, but because and then but then once we got back to it and returned to Ravnica, they fixed that. Boros is another uh, 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 guild that kind of did that as well, where in the first one their mechanic wasn't very Borosy. It was a weird how many colors are in your card bonus, and so then they fixed that with Battalion, and now they fix it with Mentor. And Mentor, I think, is a really cool mechanic. I agree. Yeah, I, I like Mentor a lot. So I mean, so the answer to the question is that I think the five we've seen here, at least in this set, are all pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm a little underwhelmed by my favorite guild which is, is, it? is it yep it's it's like every once in a while you'll see them just do this thing where you feel like what, what they've done is they've taken all the concepts you really like and they've either slightly overcomplicated them to make the too many steps to get the payoff you want or just weakened them and that's the co- is it to me feels kind of like that here? I, would, I would say is it is the biggest letdown to me as well partly because Walking in, I even like the mechanic they came up for. Is it jumpstart's pretty cool? Yeah. As, a, as like a from a rules deck perspective, but none of the cards they printed with jumpstart are super exciting. Um, you know, there's not a lot of like things I want to do with the cards, and especially after the last Ravnica set where is it was around you know we got a lot of really powerful is it cards out of that set so i think there's waxing and waning golgari just consistently is the best and most powerful uh guild every return to Ra- like in the original ravnica they had dredge in second what? ravnica they had abrupt decay and death shaman and this do one they think have that is do you think it's because the graveyard graveyard and powerful creatures combined is such a it's such a good like difficult to consistently interact with things so when you just push that every time you're going to find enough things. The density is just very high. Yeah, like, well, I think green and black are the second and third or tied for second most powerful color com- or colors in general. And yeah. they combined also cover the things that they are specifically bad at. So a... You know, green can't kill creatures, black can kill creatures. Uh, black can't kill enchantments and artifacts. Green can do that. So together, they're able to kill anything they want to kill. It's almost, yeah, I think what it feels like is that if you think about interacting in magic, it's like green white, great, but green white is basically creatures. It's well, it's some version of creatures and like enchantment based well, removal. Wizards has said multiple times that if there were only four colors, they would get rid of one either green or white and combine them into one color effect. Like you would get rid of the card drawing out of green, and then they'd be the same thing. And it's like something about something about disruption paired with 
utilizing graveyard as a resource and also fatty creatures. Mm-hmm. It's like it's too hard just generically to interact with both things at the same time. Right. So it just feels like it gets you. Well, it's and it's interesting because I would say that the two most powerful color combos in Magic, or at least in Modern, are blue, red, and black, green. And in Return to Ravnica, both of those kind of got a lot of different tools for both of them. In this set, it feels like black, green got the majority of it, where other combos that normally aren't that powerful have gotten some cool cards that we'll be going over. Um, yeah, so I think, I think my answer to your question, again, is that I, I think it's pretty good. Is it's a little bit of a letdown. Golgari's nuts. We got the second best card in the whole set, I think, and it's a green-white yeah, card, which yeah. is pretty cool. There's a, some other card. ones that we'll talk about, but I, I do think it, yeah. It's the card's the, insane. And then there's a third. I think Demir, though, is the set. Like, I think Demir in the last two Ravnica blocks was yeah. the least serviced. Um, probably because in the first one, I love Transmute, but uh, that card, that'll never be printed again, and it was kind of like a, a, a as a mechanic, is it okay? Um, I greatly disliked Cypher. Um, yeah, but though the Cypher does have... I've said I've talked about it on here before. Cypher has one card that eventually someone's going to find a way to break, and that's Hidden Strings. Well, but like so does like Haunt is maybe one of the worst Ravnica mechanics in Ever. history of Ravnica, so but it has Pontiff. Like there are, will be good cards with mechanics. Do you think in ten seconds you could explain how Haunt works to me? Uh, when you play a thing, well, it depends. Is it a spell or a creature? There's two mechanics it's, it's, there. Because like with the creatures, <laughs> it's when you cast it, then you put this onto a creature, and then when that creature dies, you get it. When if it's a creature, when it dies, yeah. you then haunt a creature, and then when that creature dies, you get it. It's one of the most unnecessarily complicated. There's like a weird ever. morbid trigger attached to. Cre- yeah, it's. Nah. So, uh, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think I, I've always felt that hidden strings because of the way that it interacts with permanence, right? So it's like it's two mana to basically get. Some kind of tempo slash mana advantage if you play it correctly. And I've never seen a deck in modern take advantage of it properly, but because it only costs two, you can play it and then trigger it again. Like you're well, but moving on, surveil is yeah. just the, the, the surveil is really good. Yeah, surveil, surveil is like the, a perfectly designed mechanic for Demir. It feels right. exactly. It feels right. it feels like Demir. It mills. It makes it so you're getting the right cards at the right time, and it is just really good. I mean, Scry is great, and this is not strictly better than Scry, but it's close. So, uh, really quickly, uh, my last quick quick shout out before we get into the set is we have a Patreon, guys. Patreon.com slash. Uh, the MM cast. We promote it every week. It's the thing right now that is allowing us to continue to grow this show. You guys know that we've gone to video. We have this big fancy light that's on us right now. Uh, we have this camera we got. We're trying to do more. Stream for you guys. Uh, increase numbers of shows. We've been mm-hmm. giving away packs. Those packs were bought with Patreon money. Uh, that's stuff we're doing. Yeah. So we're trying to do all of that. So please... All of the small incremental upgrades you keep seeing us do are... It's, has only happened because of it, and there are more that we'd like to do. So yeah. with your guys' help, you help make this show happen, you help make this show be better than it should be, and we can't appreciate it any more than we do. Absolutely. So uh, let's start. What do you, what's the first uh, card? So the first card, and I'm going to try holding my phone up with the card up because I know people on the video streams are looking for that, but the first card is Amara, Soul of the Accord, uh, green-white legend creature elf cleric. It is a 2-2 for 2. Uh, when Amara, Soul of Accord, becomes tapped, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token with lifelink. There you go. So should I try to zoom in on it? Would uh, that be smart? Or we're not, we're not going to do that for every single one. So. Every so why don't we just talk? Great, so great. Uh, Amaris all the accord. All right, show it to me now. So because I was listening and looking at camera. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This card, the populate one. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever it well, taps. it's not populate. Whenever it gets tapped, it makes a one-one white. So like from a base level, it fits into every hate bear strategy that's ever existed. Um, it's really good with convoke because you tap it to make one ones with while you're casting a convoke spell. You don't even have to attack with her. But in general, just when you're being aggressive, every time you attack, you get a one-one is good. Yeah, uh, I mean Brimaz is a card that in any time I've ever played in standard with that card. 
I played in Eternal formats like Highlander with that card. Mm -hmm. I'm always kind of impressed by just like how consistently good it is mm -hmm. that every activation gets you a creature. And this being a bear is good. Uh, from a modern perspective, I don't know that there's a deck that will find a way to use, utilize this like crazy well. What about from a commander perspective? From a commander perspective, this is a commander that's available. I, I do think that in modern, I would be more... I, I think this has the ability to find homes. It, 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 it's it, an elf. It's, a lot of, it's an elf. It has a lot of power for what it's doing. Like, it, you're getting three power, a 3-3 three, three for three for two. Or, sorry, a 3-3 three, three for two. Um, and then the, the fact that they're lifelinking tokens also is something that not to be overlooked. It interacts nicely with Heritage Druid. Um, that's one of the things yeah, that I think is does. good about this card. It's a little expensive for what... Those decks are doing, but I mean, uh, not really a two drop that like. Well, so so okay. So for instance, the two drop Dwinin's Elite gets you a. It's a. I believe Dwinin's Elite. If I'm not mistaken, Michael, you can correct me on this. Is a two two for two that gets you a one one if you have another elf, right? Correct. So and if Dwinin's, so if Dwinin's Elite wanted to replace one copy or play like this is a fifth copy of Dwinin's Elite because of the way that it interacts with Heritage Druid. Sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, because it's repeatable. That's like where I could see, but then you have to go into white, so I'm not totally sure. Yeah, no, I, interesting. I, yeah, yeah. I think it's just it has different places it could be. It's not on the top end. These are not in order. We're just talking about cards in order of where they were. Cool card. Screenshots of them. Um, next, we have Niv Visit Perrin. Uh, mm. Blue, blue, blue. Red, red, red. Legendary creature, dragon wizard. This spell can't be countered. It is a five-five. Has flying, and whenever you draw a card, Niv Visit deals one damage to any target. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, you draw a card. Um, Looks yeah, like this card's sweet. So we, there's a couple that we have talked about a little bit. This is one of the ones on previous episodes we touched on because I'm a big Niv-Mizzet fan. Okay, okay. Um, This is the third Niv-Mizzet. I think it's safe to say from a power level perspective, this is the most powerful Niv-Mizzet so far. It's the one that does the most with the most stuff. Like, I think the first one is... Like has the cleanest combo, though this combos with it just as well for, yep. for the most part. Um, like if you have a curiosity on this and you cast any sorcery and instant spell it goes off versus the other visit where you just need a curiosity and to tap him. Um, the difference here is that just any spells you cast. Like this is a sideboard card out of Storm so that you can be able to do something if they have a rest in peace in play or other graveyard hate is something that I was really looking at it for and then just other spell effects like that. I don't think that we'll ever see the Curiosity Keen Sense Combo, know, no. deck in Modern because I think it's a little too expensive to play an aura on a legendary creature, six drop. But I can say that the way that this one, the, the way that this one interacts being that you could cast the Curiosity, Pact of Negation to protect it, and win on the Pact is pretty good. Yeah. The, the fact that like that's a thing, you're going to be... Well, no, because Curiosity wouldn't... If I'm killing the Mizzet in that... In response see, to I would be in response to the Curiosity, yeah. and so then it doesn't really work that way. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's... I'm also just, in general, interested in looking at different alternate win conditions for Storm that aren't Grapeshot, because I do think that, in the long run, for the health of Modern, Grapeshot is really a, a card that could probably go away, and I think the world would be a better place. There are other cards that I think are banned because that card exists, um, and the more alternative win conditions to Grapeshot that exist in Modern, the better for Storm to be able to survive that banning, which that's means fair. that's a banning that can happen. Because um, I don't think they want to kill the deck, but I think stuff like Aetherwalks Reservoir and um, Dragonstorm and this, and there's another card that we'll, we have here that also does something similar is, is good. Um, next card is Connive and con Concoct. Connive is so There's nothing more frustrating than not having screen lock on when you're trying to look at the sideways cards on your phone. I have to tell you guys the number of times I've tried to read the text and just keep having to turn it 
Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I'm locking <laughs> my screen. Uh, Knive is two black, blue, black, blue, hybrid, so four mana total. Uh, gain control of target creature with power two or less. And then Concoct is three, blue, black. Surveil three, then return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. This is a card that, you know, worse version or better versions have seen play. There's, you know, the, the Threads of Disloyalty is obviously the, the most relevant here. The difference here between those cards is the back end is a useful enough effect, like a five mana reanimate spell with Surveil attached is really good. And so is it worth playing one more mana to be able to steal their two drops for, or their creatures with power two or less for the ability to at late game have a much better spell? Um... In modern, no. Okay. In, in this card's fine. Like I totally think it's fun, and I could see myself playing this. Like I, I, I think this card is more of an EDH card than anything well, else. Would you play? Like, con- would you play Control Magic in Commander, or in Modern? Sorry. Maybe. Okay. Maybe power two or less is pretty restrictive, though. I mean, that you're sure. not you're not stealing, you're not stealing probably a Goyf or an Angler or a Death Shadow or like. But you can many you can get things. things you get a confidant. Yeah. You can get like a pyromancer. You can still a snapcaster, I guess. But mm-hmm. like most of the most played creatures that have two or less, you don't really want to spend four mana to take. Sure, it's a bad trade. Um, okay. And then you don't think the backing up of convoke on the other end helps? I just don't think that we're w- there's not, not a lot of decks in modern that want to spend five to reanimate a creature. Okay. Like there's better reanimate effects that you don't want to rely on surveil to get your thing in your yard. Fair. Um, next, we got Discovery and Dispersal, the other blue-black, uh, the other uh, Demir um, double card. Uh, it is uh, Discovery is one black, one, and then blue-black. Surveil two, then draw a card. Um, and then Dispersal is three blue-black. Each opponent returns a non-land permanent they control with the highest converted mana cost among permanents they control to its owner's hand, then discards a card. Um, the key to this card is that this doesn't get uh, cascaded into out of um, Living Index. That's where most people are paying attention to it. Oh, that's so, pretty interesting. So you can play a two-mana um, card filtering card in a deck that does need it because you're looking for those Cascade spells, but then you won't hit it later in the game when you're Cascading and getting into Living End. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that, that is a rules change, so it used to not work that way. It used to be right, that you would Cascade thing. into it, and you would just get like Dispersal for cheaper. That's how Boom Bust used to work. When they did the rules change, you now get to play this card in something like Living End and not have to worry about Cascading into it, so you get both effects. And once in a while, you'll cast Dispersal, even though it's pretty mediocre. Um, I am of the mind that any time that a deck like that gets a tool, like a rare tool mm-hmm. like this, it's relevant. Like yeah. that's that's like pretty hard to come up with right. things that like a deck like Living End can play. So I do expect now people will play with it. Will yeah. it be good enough to actually last? I, mean, I don't know. Two mana is two mana uh, preordain and technically better than preordain. And that deck definitely better. Uh, Worth playing? Yes, I think it. I mean, like in a deck that's looking for combo pieces, I think that's relevant. Like, Plus, it puts things like the other fact is, Living End wants to put stuff in your graveyard. So, like, say you surveil and there's just two cycle creatures on top, you just dump them into your graveyard. At the bare minimum, if you cycle a creature on turn one, you put a Carabin in your yard. On turn two, you play this. You put another creature in your yard. You get your demonic dread, or you don't. You you like put like just two creatures in your yard, or put a creature. You in your dump yard a and land. land. You yeah. dump a land and a creature in your yard, and then turn three. You draw your demonic dread, like on turn three, getting ten power. Yeah. If that's it's all like, you're getting, is fine. It's like right on curve. Like if it didn't cycle, like because it's not a creature, you know. But the fact that it surveils instead of scries allows you to put creatures on top of your deck 
like you can even get above than you normally would if you were cycling carts, right? right? So I think it does a lot for what the deck wants to be doing. Um, and then once in a while, you're just like, oh, you have one creature in play, and it's like, and and you have one zero cards in hand, and I'm just gonna get you. Like that will happen if you play this card at some point. Um, next card is March of the Multitudes. It's X green, white, white, convoke, instant, uh, create X one, one, white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. It's just creature Sphinx's Rev. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like if Sphinx's Rev and Secure the Wastes had a child together. So this is, this is like people have been saying, right? This is the spell that completes the cycle because Green yes. White didn't get one. So, so in the original Ravnica block, uh, in, or sorry, in the original Return the Ravnica block, Return to Ravnica, each of the five guilds other than Selesnia had a X spell mythic um, that all did X something. Um, it was uh, red, black, discarded their hand Rakdos to damage, Rakdos Return, Sphinx's, Sphinx's Revelation. Rev. You had Sphinx's Rev, Rakdos Return. Uh, Epic Experiment. Epic Experiment. Um, what was the... What was the uh, we did Selesnia was the one that didn't... Which one red, green. Red, no, red, green was not that set. What was the other set? Red, white. Aurelius Fury? Nope. That was in the next set. So, so on top of that, the next set, all five guilds, Demir, why, Michael. What? Gaze of Granite. Gaze of Granite. Which was a mythic. So, yeah. But uh, that was the one that was a mythic. It was rare. <laughs> and that's the one that was, like, the least played. I think. Well, it was it was just um, Destroy All Permanence. A worse Yeah, it was pretty seed for, for X. Yeah. But um, it probably could have been mythic. If they had known that this was a cycle they were doing, it would have been. But um, the next set all had five X spells as well. So, they each... Guild other than Selesnia had expel rares and mythics. This now completes that set. So it's funny that years later we've talked about uncompleted cycles before. Back in one of the old episodes we did, like an old audio episode from like two years ago, right. we had a whole episode on uncompleted cycles, and this particular card did come up. Was one of the yeah. cycle cards we talked about that needed to be completed. So I think that's funny. Um, and this card's good. I mean, part of that is also just like you can tap creatures when you cast it, so you can you can bump up how many creatures you're getting. Lifelink is really good on this effect because you get to worst case scenario use it as a fog that gains you life. Um, and so it does have Sphinx's Rev-like a- activations. And then Secure the Waste is a good card. Secure the Waste is possibly better because you get two extra creatures out of it for the same conver- cost, but then you can't convoke them so it doesn't chain very well. Because the, the other if you have two of these in your hand, end up to your opponent's turn, cast this for you know six, so you get three one ones, And the next turn, you can cast it for nine, getting six one ones. We've definitely seen how powerful Secure the Waste has been. Yeah. It was a definitive standard card. Wasn't, wasn't Secure it's and a Standard... What? It's one of the blue white yeah, control finishers. Yeah, I mean, I'll play one of, but like yeah, in, yeah. in standard, wasn't secure like the best deck for a while? Wasn't that like a thing? No, that was that was um, rally the pet. No, maybe, no, yeah, no. Secure the waste was a, it was a card that saw right play. There? Standard. I did play it in standard, but I don't, I don't think it was the def- four color yeah. secure. It was like a thing people were doing a couple years ago. Yeah, you're thinking of rally. Rally the. That's animate a bunch of things. Rally the ancestors. You're right. That you're was right. the like the best deck. Yeah, at was, one was, point, was not mixing, secure the waste. I was mixing it up. Yeah, yeah. Secure the waste was played though, um, in standard, and it sees play in modern. Next, we got mnemonic betrayal. Blue black colorless exile. It's a sorcery. Uh, exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. You may cast those cards this turn, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast those spells at the beginning of your next turn. Sorry, at the beginning of the next end step, if any of those cards remain exiled, return them to your owner's graveyards, exiled mnemonic betrayal. Upfront cost is three. Yep. It's you a sorcery. Can ca- you can spend mana that were any color to cast them. Yep. Only spells. You don't get their lands. Correct. Um, but it's any spells. And it exiles the graveyards. So... Or do you only exile cards? There's a lot of text. Uh, no, yeah, you exile all graveyards. So worst case scenario, this is a blue-black way to remove everyone's graveyards. And Until then, end of turn. 
No, no, right? the graveyards don't go back. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do? Oh, never mind. So, I mean, it's interesting. Like, there are certain matchups where I could think this might be good. Like, if you're in a blue... If, if, you, if you were playing a blue-black control deck and you ended up going against some sort of quick cycle, uh, like, like the old Death Shadows decks or the ones that are playing a lot of cantrips, decks mm-hmm. like Storm, uh, it's possible that if you played this, you exile their yard and you wanted to cast, like, a Serum Visions and a Sleight of Hand... You like drain their yard and you get like a couple cantrips out of it, but mm-hmm. you're probably tapping out at that point. So like, yeah, I think like it, the most interesting way I can see this seeing play is as a sideboard card for Grixis control decks against Storm. Yeah, where it's like you count you you're playing counter magic to stop them, so they fill their graveyard and then you get them by storming off on their turn, and that seems more of just like a really sweet way to beat Storm, not necessarily the best way. And kind of Christmas <laughs> landy. It's yeah. like yeah. You'll play Storm one day with Mnemonic Betrayal. And then sometimes you'll get, like, other decks that are weird that are out there. But, no, yeah, I think this is... It's fine. I mean, it's interesting to talk about, but, like, that's probably about it. Uh, Thousands... No, next is Chance for Glory. I feel like this is a Ben Bateman card. Uh, Red, white, colorless, instant. Creatures you control gain indestructible. Take an extra turn after this one. And then at the beginning of that turns end step, you lose the game. Yeah, so so Michael and I talked about this, actually. uh, Not on the show, but just, like, we talked about... This is like so. Okay, you have Final Fortune that's not legal in Modern. It's the seventh edition. I believe this is the first Final Fortune in Modern. You have the version of Final Fortune that's a sorcery from Portal Three Kingdoms that I can't think of the name of, but it's the same card. Yep. You have Glorious End, which is like an end of the turn. You it is kind of an extra turn card because you end your opponent's next turn. So yeah. So there's like some com- combination of these cards that now has existing, mm-hmm. uh, and this is yet another one. Um, but the reason you lose the game is because you're getting the, that red extra battle card for three, right? Well, no, I mean, you, what you're getting is all of your creatures are indestructible forever, and you get an extra turn. Oh, right. This is the one that's forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your creatures are indestructible for, like, if you play this and then you are able to sundial, sundial or stifle the, the trigger with the, like, five different stifled variants that exist, like Trickbind, um, or you have a Gideon out, the three-mana Gideon, or you have anything that makes it so you do not lose the game, Platinum Angel, uh, your creatures are now all indestructible forever and you get an extra turn. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, that was the thing Michael and I talked about was Gideon. Like, he's... Gideon is a a more and more interesting effect. I mean, from from the perspective of like what you're specking to be useful, if any think, of this I stuff was reserved list, I'd be buying it because like they continue to make Sundial of the Infinite and Gideon effects more and more relevant. Well, like, but like with now Chance of Glory and Sudden End or Sudden Betrayal, which one? The one that ends the turn. Glorious End. Glorious End. Uh, with these two cards, you can play all eight of these and some packs. And play a Gideon and for Sundial. So, like, you can have now eight ways to survive these, and now there's enough reasons to survive them that there's some really sweet stuff I think you can do. I don't know that this card does anything for you in that deck because, like, you're not getting an an extra extra turn out of it. You do get an extra turn. This card? It says indestructible, and you get an extra turn. This card? Yeah. No, you get an extra attack step. No, take an extra turn after this one. Got it. (laughs) <laughs> I was mistaken. Creatures uh, you control gain indestructible forever. You get to take an extra turn next, next, and then at the beginning of your next turn's end step, you lose the game. Yeah. Okay. So that's fair. So, so like, so pretty much <laughs> that whole like, 
I mean, I had my packed Delver deck that I was playing for a minute. Yes. That it was interesting and fun. It wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won some games, but like I was playing a bunch of packed of the Titans and packed negations and Delvers, and I wasn't playing Sundial, but I had Gideons in there. And it was interesting. You could get people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I think you don't do the Delver game, but if you play this packed of the Titan Gideons, possibly blue packed, uh, packed of negation, like just to, to have it, and like you just kind of try and get there with these effects. And you could do stuff like have Geist, where Geist gets to keep the Angel at the end of turn if you have the if you have Sundial in there. So you have different ways to kind of take advantage of it. There, There's a lot of power level here. The coolest thing that I found playing the packed deck was having Snapcaster Mage in a deck with packs was really, really fun. Yeah. So if I had Gideon in play and I had the emblem, my ability to Snapcaster and hit like Pact of Negation mm-hmm. and just like just like it was such a good feeling. Or going like turn one, um, going turn one Pact of the Titan and then being able to like turn two, flash it back Wait. with a Snapcaster Mage and Wait. have like ten power at the end of your second turn, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're holding like Angel's Grace or sure. whatever. Like that was really fun. Yeah, so. I mean, like, and yeah, you play Angel's Grace. So uh, I think there's there's also plays where it's like I have Gideon, I untap, I ha- play something uh, a, a two drop, and then for two mana I can pack two of your spells and play Pack to the Titans and just like get a bunch of power on board, stop you from doing everything, have a Snapcaster Mage and a Gideon, and like, that puts you really behind. And now you can then on the next turn cast Chance of Glory, where you get two turns of attack steps. All your things are indestructible. I think there is more and more pieces are coming out for that deck to do something uh, relevant. All right. Next card, Doom Whisperer. Black, black, three. Flying Trample. Pay two life. Surveil two. Six, six. This card's nuts. This yeah. card's so good. I don't know yet what it's doing, because the one thing to be to, to realize is you cannot pay life you don't have. So you right. can't, like, you know, uh, Gideon and right. then pay life you don't have. Uh, Michael made sure I said that on the cast. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, for, so the first, my first thought when I saw this card again was not actually modern. It was actually for Highlander because it's like, <laughs> like it's just a five, six, it's a six, six flying trample for five that sure. does really broken things. Um, and then I started thinking about just like it's outside of Highlander, like rate, like actual rate on this. Mm-hmm. And like you pay two, you, you like will take a downside on a card to get a six, six flying trample for four. That's mm-hmm. the thing people have done. Desecration demon, yeah. missile persecutor, right? At five, the same thing with a I can fill my graveyard by like ten cards to paying life in a black deck that can play like Tassiger and Angler is like right. kind of nuts. Well, I, like, even if you're say you're at six mana, and which is a, a lot of mana for modern, like this is a, a, a dream world. But the fact that you can get this many cards into your graveyard and then have a mana left over, y- y- there are at least four different ways I can think of just winning the game on the spot that way. I mean, like play this with uh, what's it called? Play this with. Um, Heartless Summoning, and you're in business, man. Right, right. Turn two Heartless Summoning, turn three this guy, good luck. Yep. <laughs> you know? No, none of the removal spells in Modern kill this. Path's the only one. Mm-hmm. That and the other card we're going to talk about at some point on this show. But, yep. like, Path is the literal only played well, no, removal no, I mean, spell that terminate kills. Terminate that. Uh, there are things that kill it. but yeah, just they're, they're expensive and or. This might be a really good target for Heartless Summoning, actually. This, this could be a really good yeah. one. I think there's a lot of car- things that this card does well. Yeah. I'm excited. Like, um, oh my god, this, this, and having Go Lich in the Heartless Summoning deck. <laughs> <laughs> having Go Lich is back. You love that card. I do love that card. <laughs> I had a sweet standard deck with that card. Uh, him and uh, Glissa. Uh, Assassin's Trophy, black, green, destroy target permanent and opponent controls. It control or may search their library for ba- a basic landlock card. 
Well, I didn't say that correctly. Destroy target permanent in opponent controls. It controller may search their library for a basic land card. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle their library. It's instant, it's blue black, and everyone knows that this is the best card in the set. You still kind of struggled there in the beginning. You, sh you stripped up your words a second time. It's fine. I think people get it. They know what it is. This is Assassin's Trophy. Uh, uh, I think the biggest thing I regret about this card is that everyone's calling it Ass Trophy, and then we're just going to get a lot of people assing cards, and it's just going to Ass Trophy? Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. That's, that's oh, funny. yeah. That's the internet. Welcome yeah. to it. Welcome to the internet. Yep. Uh, this card's really powerful. We, I know we've talked a lot about it already. It's like... Here's, here's the deal, though. If I'm a Tron player, and I'm going to the next modern tournament... I want to play Tron more because this card exists, not less. Because this card isn't good enough to make green-black a good matchup against Tron. It gives green-black a better chance against Tron, and it like it makes it instead of a 90-10% win rate, it's like a 70-30, but you're still 70% against green-black. Like, People are forgetting that you're spending a card, and sure, you take out their tower, but you're getting a wastes out of your deck. So they're trading a card for you to not miss a land drop. So maybe you've spent well, you a card to try to... You huh? don't get a land up. They, oh, 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 they, yeah, get, a basic yeah, they land. get a basic land. So maybe, just maybe, you've spent like, you know, your Sylvan Scrying, or you've spent your Expedition Map, or your Stirrings. you spent a card to get you there. But Stirring Cycles, mm -hmm. and you don't really care about those other cards. The deck is resilient. It's built to spend those things and be Ghost Quartered. Like, it doesn't care. Right, and, and, and now this green-black deck has spent their entire turn to doing nothing but like making it so it takes an extra turn for you to get to the card you need. And it's not like it's getting rid of every one of the towers in your deck. So you just need to get another tower if you guess the wrong one. They have, and then, you know, it's the whole Blood Moon thing where generally when I'm a Tron player and my opponent plays Blood Moon, I'm like, sure, you just took a three-mana turn to delay me for two turns. But in that time, I'm still going to play my six drop on time because you're not putting pressure on me. This doesn't put pressure on someone. Now, in a blue, black, green, Delver-style deck where this is keeping them off of their mana, maybe to get there, maybe, but Delver's bad, so yeah. <laughs> I do think this card has interesting applications that we didn't talk about in a Hate Bears deck with Arbiter. Um, sure. Because... Oh, no, I think I think this is still a really good removal spell. I still play this over Abrupt Decay in the same way that I play Thoughtseize over uh, Inquisition of Kozilek because um, it still kills Planeswalker, it still kills other like this can kill a colonnade this can kill five drops like it's it's better 90 percent of the time this is path to exile but on blue black green and can kill anything it's not sweet that in that hate bears deck you have to play three colors now because your fetches get worse so that's Correct. not sweet but i definitely think that there's a thing there with ghost quarters this path arbiter and like some other stuff like you could probably and those eldrazi and taxes deck take really good advantage of that mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe the third color makes those decks not work. But another thing that gives somebody an opportunity to search for a basic as their benefit is a strong play. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think there's this card is obviously very, very, very good. My point is more that it's not as good against Tron as people want it to be. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Um, speaking of cards that are good, that uh, is the second best card in the set, I think, unless we see something else. Knight of the Autumn. Green, white, colorless. You're adding a the right there. Knight of Autumn. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I add those wherever I want. 
The, the master. I'm, Green. I'm, I'm aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Creature Dryad Knight. When Knight of Autumn enters the battlefield, choose one. Put two plus one plus one counters on Knight of Autumn. Uh, destroy target artifact or enchantment. You gain four life. It's a two one. Uh, do you think this card puts uh, Dryad Tribal over the top and makes it a playable archetype? We had that conversation when you weren't here. We all acknowledge the Dryad Tribal stuff being. Wait, really? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> There's like four really good look one on your drops. Face. You were yeah. really excited. Arbor, our, yeah. uh, uh, Dryad Arbor yeah. is a card, so you have zero yep. cost Dryads. So you can get your, you can get your land bolted. <laughs> you can fetch for a 2-2 two because two, you can play the 2-1 yeah. that gives counters or tribal. If we, got, if we get a two-mana Dryad Lord, I think it's a thing. Get ready. You do it. Dryad, if, uh, you, dryad I'll, I'll Tribal. Make, <laughs> if you make Dryads work before I make Rogues work, I owe you another dinner. Uh, oh, I, I will, I will, we will make those decks and play each other. Dryad Tribal will destroy Rogue Tribal. That's not even close to true. You know, there's the like six, is... there's like six good one-one Dryads for one. The Rogue's deck is a close deck. It's a real. It's, n- it's not. So Hollow Ledgewalker and Invisible Stalker are both Rogue. So you already have a deck archetype. Neither of those built. two cards are good. <laughs> Ever heard of a card called Hidden Strings? Anyone? Like, the three cards I've named so far are all like actual tournament playable cards and have been since Modern existed. I or can play either card. of those cards. Play a Hidden String. Strings, hit you, untap my lands. What, hold is, up and, what is hidden strings? That's the cipher card I like so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really this, good. This hurts me inside. Uh, the one thing we didn't talk about this card is yeah. how sick the art is. It's like super, oh, it's super it's dope. Yeah, it's yeah, like... Brian Pancost did like a really, really good job. You can actually... It's it's currently, I think, for auction on Facebook. Uh, we share the tweet out. If you go to our Twitter, you can find it to find it. It's good. It's like super dope. The yeah. kelp horse, the kelp steed. Yep. I don't think it's kelp. I like looked closer to it now that it wasn't blown up in our really, really low resolution copy that we get for our preview. Uh, it's it's like it's like vines. I'll take bush steed. You'll take you'll keep you'll I'll keep, keep up my, with kelp. I'll keep kelp doesn't kelp. even make sense. It was a, I mean I'm the one that said it, but uh, I've been dissuaded. Uh, the other thing here is something we didn't talk about is um, what's the plus one plus one counter enchantment that's like now a thing. Plus one, plus one counter enchantment. It's now a thing. Hardened scales. There you go. Cards good with hardened scales. It's not part of a cycle, though. Come on. Where's our Where's our night cycle? I, mean, I want night of summer. Fine. I want night of spring. I want night of winter. It's fine with hardened scales. It's just a five four instead of a four three. Like. No, you, don't you put four counters on it? No, it's hardened scales doesn't double. It's plus one. Oh, plus one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's totally fine. Sure. It's just like hardened scales is bonkers in a deck that's able to like consistently change its okay. counters okay. around. We have another hardened scale card we can talk about later. All right, next. This card's really good and actually could be one of the best cards in this set. Will time will tell. Mausoleum Secrets, black colorless. Okay. Uh, it's an instant. It has undergrowth, and you search your library for a black card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So for two mana at instant speed, you can tutor for any black card. I mean, provided you have have creatures in your your graveyard. Yeah, Yeah. one thing that I I thought was interesting about this deck, or this card, and I think I can't remember who I talked about this with, um, does this card make a modern Shadowborn Apostle deck a possibility? Because, like, it's... So easy to just go like Apostle, 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 sack them, get a giant demon, and then like have this card and just like now your whole yard is just full of at creatures that you can point get any it, card in your deck. At that point, it feels win more. I feel like this is more interesting to me in something out of like a, a collect, like a one of the collected company Amira. That just is going like, to like fill its graveyard anyway. Yeah, like something that was like a birthing pod deck at one point where you're tutoring for black combo pieces. You can find your one of... Um, Persist Goblin. Persist Goblin. Persi- 
Red Cap, Murderous Red Cap. Okay. Uh, you can find Vrister Seer. That's two of the three pieces needed for that combo. You can find, um, yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff you can find for better black cards that are good and combo pieces in decks that I think that's more relevant to me. Um, Fair. And that deck has a bunch of creatures to put in its graveyard. Like, I think that's, that's where this could shine. Um, so, so do we want to do one last card before we go to part two next week? Yeah, well, I think we'll actually what we'll do because this is I think we're probably at like thirty-seven minutes for part one. Michael, what time are we at? And I'd like this to be forty. Yeah, and with with a little bit of setup, I think that actually it'd be nice to have a little more on part one. So we're gonna record part two tomorrow. But yep. Michael, who is our guest producer is going to sit in my seat for the final 10 or 15 minutes of this half you're, you're, leave, you're leaving me i need to you're I'm leaving li- i literally this is going to go up you're like the lawyer from jurassic park you're gonna to go to the bathroom it's gonna be a t-rex i'm tim and the girl in the car it's gonna eat me too is he jeff goldblum yeah no no, no he's uh uh um the other guy the other Pat. guy Sam Neil. Sam Neil. He's Sam Neil. He's the hero. Yeah, he's he's gonna be like, um, that's not what I'm gonna do when I'm like he left us. He knows us. all about raptors. Yeah. 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 That movie's Michael. Pretty... How would a raptor kill me? That scene's great. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites. Michael's just not having it on the spot. <laughs> it, and then across the belly. Yeah. Across the side. I, I think claw. that movie. I think that movie is legitimately perfect. It's when I watched it again recently for the show. Like I came away from just being like. This is just like legitimate brilliance. Yeah. Everything about it, like, Ev- like every scene. It's my favorite movie of all time. I don't yeah. know if we've said that on the cast. I think but we probably yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. Like Star a- Wars as a concept is a big, big deal. But Jurassic Park, I think, is a perfect movie. It was kind of a shame we didn't have you on the show for that one. That yeah. feels that feels like a miss. And one tier. This is your favorite one. movie of all time. And yeah. that is going to wrap us up for part one of the Masters of Modern Guilds of Ravnica set review. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Here, it is the most helpful, supportive thing you can possibly be doing for the show alongside the Patreon. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show and uh, stay tuned be back next week for part two of our guilds of raven cassette review we have a lot of cool stuff coming up including some more top 10 lists and a brew factor episode where we're going to take our favorite cards from guilds and be doing brews with the listeners and users of the patreon submitted decks by patrons patreon.com slash the mmcast if you want to submit a deck all right guys thanks for listening we'll be back same time same place next week thank you for your attention for further inquiries send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com See you later, alligator.